DEI budgets are under attack, but the goals haven't changed. Whether you're looking to increase your DEI knowledge, expand your market reach, or gain a competitive advantage in business, we have the solution. TDM Library is your single source for expert curated DEI resources, strategies, and solutions, all designed to help you transform your workplace culture and be a more effective contributor. For $9.99 per month, you get access to our searchable subscription-based digital library. There, you'll find articles, practical how-to guidebooks, podcasts, award-winning micro-videos, and more than 700 Q&As designed to help DEI practitioners, thought leaders, and executives create a more inclusive workplace. Whether you prefer to listen, watch, or read, we have the resources for you. TDM Library goes beyond the basics to dive deep into topics such as inclusive language, the business case for DEI, talent acquisition, and C-suite engagement. For less than the price of a sandwich, you get access to our library of more than a thousand pieces of original expert curated DEI content. Join today and get your first 30 days free. Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com. Welcome to the Hustle Unlimited podcast, where our mission is to inspire greatness in people who are chasing their dreams. We'll give you access to entrepreneurs and business leaders who will give you the fuel to chase the dreams that you have. All of our guests want to give back to the next generation of leaders by sharing the details of their journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. Please welcome our host for Hustle Unlimited, Donald Thompson, and this week's guest, Patrice Andrews. Patrice is the chief of police for the town of Morrisville, North Carolina. Hello, my name is Donald Thompson, and uh, I'm here with Hustle Unlimited. And uh, before we get started, I want to just give kind of the ground rules for today and anytime you listen to our podcast. Number one, all dreamers are allowed. Number two, we're looking to give you guys information, guidance, and motivation uh, to take that leap of faith to chase the dreams and goals that you have. Anything we can do or say to promote that in a positive way means that we've achieved what we wanted uh, and the reason that we did this podcast. And without that, without any, with anything further, I'm going to introduce uh, Patrice Andrews, and uh, fast friend and uh, chief of police in Mooresville, North Carolina, Mooresville. Yes, <laughs> not to be confused with Mooresville. Not yes, to be confused. Yes, yes. And, and so <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, take it just a minute and give a little bit about your background. Mm. Uh, where are you from? Mm -hmm. uh, what brought you to North Carolina? That kind yes, of thing. And yes. then we'll, we'll chat for a Okay, bit. all right. Well, wow. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, about me, I'm just a simple girl. You know, I'm, I grew up, uh, was born in Raleigh, okay. stayed in Raleigh for just a little smidge period of time, um, moved to Chapel Hill, was raised in Chapel Hill, gotcha. uh, north side part of Chapel Hill, which was predominantly African American. Gotcha. Uh, and I say back in the day, but yeah. during that time, it's predominantly Af African American, but now it's just kind of a, a diverse cultural melting pot, if you will. Um, went to Chapel Hill High School, um, graduated from Chapel Hill High School in 1991, and I originally wanted to be a marine biologist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
that doesn't always happen. You right, know, right, that's, right. that's life lesson number one. Yeah. What you want to do isn't always what ends up happening. That's right. Right? There, there's a path for you. There's one that you've envisioned, but then there's one, um, you know, I'm very rooted in my faith, and I believe that there is there is a path that was destined and determined for, for you uh, when, when you were created. Uh, that that he determined for you. So this that's the chapter in my story. You know, I, I uh, went to Hampton University, okay. did very well at Hampton University. Um, got very homesick. Realized that you have to be great at biology uh, in order to do anything related to marine biology, gotcha. and that wasn't me. I just you know I just wanted to swim with fish and you know and be in the water, but that just wasn't me. And so uh, I was homesick. Uh, my both of my parents are from Chapel Hill. My okay. mother is from the foothills of North Carolina, Wilkesboro. We call that God's country. Okay. And, my, and my father is from the Bull City, from Hickstown. Right. Um, and so I wanted to come home and came home to North Carolina Central University, transferred, yeah, and uh, decided, I thought, you know, well, I learned that for me at that time, um, bad lesson. Uh, school is not an option. That going to class is not an option. I thought it was an option for me. I chose not to go to class. Got it. Uh, I'm sure some of our I, folks can relate. Oh, to yes, yes. And I'm kind of giving you the cliff note story of of kind of my life and 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 how I I came to be in sitting before you today. But uh, class, I determined class was just not an option for me. I didn't feel like going. I fell in love. Got booed up. Um, I don't even know if that's the term anymore, but anyway, well, that's lit. you yeah, know, it's, it's, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, this is what happened. So, uh, failed out of school, North okay. Carolina Central University said, kick rocks, basically, you got to go. Uh, I became a single parent very early on. Gotcha. Uh, was, was on government assistance, WIC, uh, you name it, I, I was... You know, it was literally was about survival for me. Gotcha. Uh, one day I was at work and said to myself, I cannot do nine to five, clock in, literally clock out. I need benefits. I need something greater for my daughter and myself. Awesome. And open the newspaper when it was actually paper. Yes, paper. <laughs> um, and it said Durham Police Department hiring. And it was, I thought, whoo, this is great. So I started going down the list of everything. Okay, let's talk about salary. $23,472. I was going to be rich. <laughs> I knew I was going to be wealthy. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and then benefits. Yep. Ooh, benefits, you know. And because my ultimate goal was uh, was really, at this point, it was baby steps for me. Was sure. was kind of coming off of, of government assistance. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something just... For my daughter, right? Okay. A little bit more. So anyway, so put in the application, Durham, those crazy people. They hired me and I entered the academy, Durham Police Department, That's Police awesome. Academy, yes. And so my background, I've I've held positions in just about every division and department within the city of Durham Police Department. My last assignment was as a commander over criminal investigations division. Gotcha. So I commanded about eighty officers um, over homicide, special victims unit. Um, for in, uh, I'm sorry, um, Special Victims Unit, Homicide, Fraud, and Domestic Violence Unit. Wow. Yeah. And... I mean, that's um, some heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff, right? You have a whole, like, you have crimes that you track by paper, and then you have the violent, the really violent, and then the really, the victimization, yeah. the whole gamut of victimization. Um, I was at, uh, last two years, dur uh, while I was at Durham Police Department, I was responding out to every single homicide, so you can... 
you can imagine yeah. that uh, getting there and seeing the violence that that people that human beings can inflict on each other it will wear you down it okay. will wear you down and wear you out and then you really start to question okay what am I really here to do uh, and the I ended up applying to the Morrisville Pol- Morrisville Police Department as their police chief That's awesome. I was at the FBI National Academy during that time and um, made my transition as the Morrisville Police Chief in June of 2016 and that's currently where I am now. Well, fantastic, and thanks oh, for bringing green. us up to date. No, you, yes, did, yes, you, did, yeah. you, did, you did great, right? Because yeah. that's a quick synopsis. I want to yes. key on a couple of things uh, in the brief part of your story. Public assistance, mm-hmm. single mom, mm-hmm. these are statistics to where a lot of people can easily give up. Why didn't you? Mm. Why, why didn't you look at those statistics, look at those odds, and keep going? It was not easy, but you know, I my foundation in what I believe in is beating the odds. I always believe that in life you should strive to be the outlier because when you're the outlier, you know, there's innovation. You become more innovative. You you can see beyond kind of what's in the square room, right? And see different. I, I, I and please, I. I, I'm not trying to sound like a cornball, but I, I see life in as color. You know, it's vivid and, mm-hmm. and, and, and it should be valued. And while we see red in the chairs, there's a different story to that color. That's right. um, so, I, you know, for me, that's what kept me going, that I wanted to provide more. I wanted my daughter who, you know, she just wanted pigtails that were even, you know. I mean, I wanted her to be proud of her mommy. I wanted my my parents to be proud of me because I will tell you uh, I made a commitment that I was never going back home not because my mom and dad would not have me but I didn't want to be I didn't want to be a burden I wanted to be successful I wanted them to be proud you know of of me Um, and ironically enough they never knew what I was going through until um, WREL until we did the interview with Lena Tillette. Wow. They never knew. They never knew about my victimization. They never knew about, um, you know, me being on welfare and on WIC. And uh, they, they never knew, never knew about it. And I told them, I, I one of the things that I told them, I said, you guys raised me to stand on your own two feet and to survive, right? Um, and to never question my path. And that's, I, I, really kind of applied that back and it is doable and I think when we were talking yeah. I said um, before we came on I said that if it was easy everybody would do it That's right. you know if, if life was easy if these journeys were easy everybody would do it you wouldn't learn a thing and That's you right. would have no knowledge to pass on to somebody else That's right. right one of the things I found in success in life in business as a parent and we've all had failures and things to overcome but your current circumstance is not your destiny. And so many people listen to the voice that puts them down versus the voice that lifts them up. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I would ask you as I was reading a little bit about your background and Mm -hmm. some of the things, tell me a little bit about, switch to career a little bit, and tell me a little bit about the FBI training, Mm. right? The time you spent getting that additional education to really Mm -hmm. prepare you for leadership Mm -hmm. uh, in in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that was it. That was an intensive. So it's a, it's a ten week um, executive course that's at actually at Quantico, 
Um, what which, did you see on the TV? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whoa, there's some bricks there. I recognize those bricks. I mean, the building, and you know, of course, sure. it's interesting because you're also, while you're at the FBI National Academy, you're also there with the agents that are in training. Gotcha. So you're walking the same halls with them, which is really cool, right? And you're seeing, man, I remember when I was 20-something years old, you know? Right. Um, but it was interesting because you have police, law enforcement executives that come from this entire beautiful world of ours, that come from all walks of life. Um, you know, some of my brothers and sisters that I've met and that are from Australia and, and, you know, Japan and Africa, and these are bonds and relationships that you form. Their perspective on women in policing, right, can gotcha. be a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I realize because they, they look through a different lens so it's not necessarily wrong, it's just not, it's different, it's different yeah. right? And so in that is, is kind of the opportunity, you know, to, to sit down and have those conversations, uh, those critical conversations about women in policing, about minorities in policing, yep. um, minorities and women um, in, in our world. You know, and in and in roles uh, as decision makers and, and leaders, executives, yeah, leaders, sure. and and then even you know the you know you're so I'll t tell my staff all the time, you don't have to have you know the brass on your collar, you don't have to have that title to be a leader because anybody can be a supervisor, right? I can get you to do what I want you to do because I'm your supervisor, but a true leader you know, will, without even saying it, you know, you inspire people or you, mm -hmm. you want, and you also learn, right? Uh, a true leader will say, um, show me how to do that. That's just right. like when we were getting ready for this, yep. you know, I love how you just like, listen, I, I just tell me what you need for me. That's right. I got this. You, you guys know what y'all, what you, I'm here to learn. Let me tell me what you need that's right. to make it successful. No, that's really, really powerful. I think I'll, I'll seize on one thing and extend it. A lot of times people think leadership is just positional, but you can lead from whatever level you are in the organization, and you can always be a good example. And when you're trying to achieve, a lot of times, and I hear this when people say, well, how do I be a CEO? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do to own my own business? Mm -hmm. And the first thing it gets people off guard is you need to be productive where you are. Yes. A lot of people are always wanting to know what do I need to do to take the next step but they need to be excellent in the job that they're fulfilling today mm -hmm. because excellence is the transferable leadership skill, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. once you're a good example, mm -hmm. other people start to ask more of you. Yes. Once people start to ask more of you, mm -hmm. that's where then it's opportunity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, is, where, is where we found. Let me, ask, let me ask this. And a lot in our society today in terms of law enforcement is not positive. Mm -hmm. There's just there's a perception mm -hmm. of uh, us versus them. Yes. As an African American male, there is a perception that I should be afraid of the police. Right. Uh, right. That young people coming up see this imagery. What would you do or say that can educate people to think differently, mm -hmm. to to understand a little bit different flavor of those that wear the uniform mm -hmm. and are charted with really protecting us? Mm -hmm. Well, I will tell you this. One of the things that 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 I've always said is that. That uniform and that badge, that's not who I am. I am mom. You know, that's who, when my daughter calls me mom, you know, my son, mom, stop. You know, that's who I am first. I am, I am a wife. I am a black woman that happens to be a police chief, a police mm. officer. That's powerful. 
right? Um, so I'm affected in that order gotcha. in my job, right? Um, and, and, and so that's what I would say first is, is really it's, it's, it's how we, we, on both sides, so with, with our community, um, with law enforcement, it's really about you know, create, creating that, that opportunity that we can step in each other's shoes mm-hmm. and actually see, see a different side to each other yep. you know I think that that's really important I think familiarity is extremely important um, one of the things I'll tell my officers all of the time is you know get to know not just you know the parts of, of the community you're comfortable with so gotcha. not just your you know your the residents that are white or the residents that are Indian but you know you have a small pocket in the Shiloh community in Morrisville Right, uh, that is a tremendously historic community because it was founded by freed slaves. Got it. And I said, and you need to get to know them. You need to get to know that population because guess what? They are you. They are your community. They and you are their community. Um, you know, really taking that step and and offering those those pushes because guess what? In law enforcement, we have not done it right. Gotcha. And owning that, owning that, if you're walking and you're breathing, you you are you have bias. It's well, what you do with that. That's pretty powerful. When as a business leader, you have to own responsibility for the outcome. And mm-hmm. what you just described is that there's some responsibility that law enforcement has, and then there's a responsibility for us as citizens to realize, wait a minute, just like you said, mm-hmm. the uniform is not the person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? That right. we all are responsible for the environment that we kind of create mm-hmm, uh, together, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Tell me a story of, <laughs> as you've gone through law enforcement, that, uh, how, would I, how would I want to want to phrase this? Something that, that would just be surprising to me, oh. right? Just something, just tell me an interesting story that would be surprising. Oh, gosh. I don't, Lord have mercy. Okay. As I've gone through in law enforcement, interesting story. Um, I love to dance. Okay. So, okay, so I'll tell you the... And, and I'm so upbeat. So I don't care if I have a uniform on or not. You know, when we go to events, I've, I've participated in um, the Pratham, uh, which which is an organization um, that raises money um, and awareness about the global illiteracy rate, okay. right? And so they asked me, uh, two years ago, maybe two years ago, to participate in their dancing with the celebrity stars. And, you know, I'm like, okay. Got it, got it, got it. You're asking me? Okay, fine. You know, um, I love to dance. And so it is, there's nothing, uh, you know, we were up there dancing and I had That's the cool. best time. You know, I am, I am that, but that's a part of me that, yes, I might have that badge on, but I'll jump up there with you and dance. You know, I love to love to live live life. Um, you know, love love to live life. As far as stories, you know, I have there aren't a whole lot of shiny stories in law enforcement. There are stories that have um, you know just really rocked me to my core. You know that that have um, given me, uh, in a sense, an opportunity to to learn a lesson. Right, and uh, I'll tell you at the the DNC at the Democratic National Convention um, in Charlotte when it was held in Charlotte in 20, 2012, um, there were 
you know, officers from all sorts of agencies that converged on Charlotte to to assist. And and this was about the time, you know, just really the awareness, because quite frankly, police brutality has always been there. That's right. Okay. There's just more video. Uh, there's, there's just more, more video. You're yeah. more, the images are That's more right. accessible and you feel like you, they're, I mean, like you could touch them because they're right there okay. and it's a reality. So uh, this was still around during that time. So, you know, we, we there were protesters. So there were protesters down there and just the climate was a bit different. Gotcha. And, uh, and, and I remember being at the Coliseum and I was, um, I was night command. So I was commanding uh, about 70 or 80 officers from all different departments. Um, and so one of them, one of the officers got on the radio and said, I need for you to come to the delegate bus stop. And as I get there, there's a bus where the delegates were getting on and off, surrounded by people with video cameras. And I look and I see an officer that is berating the driver of this bus, older black man. He had, he was in his eighties and she was standing, she's white female and she was standing over him, just berating him. Right just yelling at him to completely disrespectful. So I get on that, I get on the bus and I separate her from him. And now he's at a, to me, I consider a very submissive level because he's sitting down and she's standing over him. Gotcha. Right. And I asked him, I said, so what, what happened? And he stands up because he, that's he's getting ready to tell me a story, right? He's telling me what's going on. Well, she just goes into full attack. And she, you know, grabs him by his collar, this poor man. And in trying to keep himself from falling back, he grabs her arms. She looks at that as an attack, and so she starts kicking. And so I step in between, in between them, um, and uh, you know, and she launches a nice solid kick at me and starts like she's going to come at me. And so I shove her back and I send her off the bus. Come to find out, this this young lady had. Mm deeper issues gotcha. right um and 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 uh this man was driving the bus had been a bus driver for the charlotte hornets had all this you know he was driving the delegates and he, she basically didn't like the fact that he disobeyed in her mind uh a command to uh not to park where he was letting off the delegates but i tell that story to say this was one of the first times that i ever um, really understood that as law enforcement, right, we have a job to check each other mm. and not allow that brutality to go on. You know, we have a job to protect the innocent against the oppressor. You know, we, we have that job. And so I viewed her as, and not all, let's, let's, uh, let's be clear before any of my law enforcement friends start becoming all upset with me. Right, right, right. I'm not saying that all law enforcement is bad. It's like not all attorneys are bad. That's not right. every, You know, not all dogs are bad. Not all builders are bad, That's you know. Right. So it's, I'm not generalizing. But we have to be very open and honest with ourselves and, and understanding that it's the good law enforcement officers have a responsibility to protect our residents and our citizens, those that we serve, um, from those, those officers who wear the badge, who are corrupt. <laughs> That's powerful. Yeah. I was when I was doing my research, I, I pulled out a quote, and I think you just expanded uh -oh. on it. No, it's good. The big change we're seeing in policing is that officers are having to switch from the idea of being warriors, going out 100% enforcement all the time, to more of the guardian mentality, that we are caretakers of the community. Yes. 
And that's really what yeah. you described. And what's yeah. powerful is you're living, even even right now, this was two years ago, mm-hmm. I think this was mm-hmm. quoted, but that's still top of mind for yes. who you are yes. and the fabric of how you lead. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that's really powerful to share. Yes. That two-year-old quote, that's still how you walk. Yes, absolutely. Every single day. Absolutely. Who are some of your inspirations? Who oh. are some leaders that you admire? Some people, it, it doesn't have to be law enforcement. Yeah. Just people that you've looked up to that motivated you. Yeah. So um, my parents, both of my parents, um, my dad, um, in his own right, he, he was one of the first to, um, to integrate the schools in Durham. And, and he's the most patient. I thought, man, you know, I remember watching the movie Gandhi very young, right? I'm, my parents, so in school, I love reading the Iliad, right, and the Odyssey. My two, one of my two, two, my two favorite books. Okay. Um, and then I, of course, as an old soul, I'm watching Gandhi, and I thought, I'm like, man, my dad is like Gandhi, you know? He has that patience, that virtuous wow. patience, right? You could spit at him; he's not going to raise a hand, but mm-hmm. but he's going to pray for your soul, right? Right, he's gonna pray for your soul. So when I'm in, and my mom, my mom is that go-getter. She's like, nope, you fall down five times, you better get up the sixth time. You know, she she is she's a tough cookie. You know, um, and she's a fighter. And so, you know, that that great little mix of my between parents the between the two. Um, I, I I pride myself on you know my nest of friends. Right, um, of good girlfriends that are bosses. That's awesome. You know, they may not run their own companies or do, do but they, in just their, their thinking, mm-hmm. they are powerful women and forces to be reckoned with. So, you know, I'm very purposeful in, in who I choose to surround myself with because you have to be. Because not everybody that's in your circle that's right. are there to uplift you and inspire you. That's right. Right, and uh, and so I, I I look to a lot of people. I, I'll tell you, there's my book is full of inspirational I mean, people. The being purposeful and intentional of who you spend time with is a critical life element mm-hmm. because there's those that will cheer for you and support you. And then those that are secretly jealous mm-hmm. and want to tear you down. That's it. And knowing the difference is a critical component uh, to leadership, but also just having a happy life. Yes. And we have these, you know, tools and Facebook friends mm-hmm. and different things. But <laughs> yes. you know, I don't have four thousand friends. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like they're right. or whatever. Exactly. But I'll I'll take five to ten good ones. You better believe it. That two o'clock in the morning, you're on the side of the road. They're going to come and help you out, that's no it. questions asked, that's it. and they're just going to be there. That's and it. I think that's really, really important. What do you, if, I've, I've, I'll ask this question to all, all my guests. If you had a magic wand, mm. what would you change in today's society? If you had a, if you had a magic wand, Ooh. and some of the answers were cut out or not, so you just speak. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I, yeah. I tell you what, I, I will tell you this. I, I, I would change the rhetoric that's going on in, in our current government. I would, I would make, you know, that's one of the first things I would change because people look to leadership to inspire and bring out greatness. Sure. And when you don't have leadership that inspires and brings out greatness, all sorts of evil finds its way of working itself in, yep. right? Um, and, and when you, there's people that, that are still searching for where they belong, 
they look to anyone that they can grasp to, regardless of what the lesson is. So I, you know, I I would say, um, without sounding like, um, you know, I'm, I I want world peace. My God, why can't we have world peace? (laughs) Right, right, right. Why can't we have world peace? Why can't we have prosperity for everybody? Why can't we have, you know, you've seen the, 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 um, the, uh, really great graphic, the beautiful picture that talks about equity and equality. Yep. You know, that's what I would change because, and I would access for everybody. You know, it's interesting. Um, if you look in certain neighborhoods, certain communities, communities that are poor, predominantly African-American communities, you have a lot of access to ABC stores, uh, processed foods, right but where's the farmers markets yep. where's the access where's the transportation you know there those are things i i see that i see that you know i see that um and i wish there was just i wish we could have that that equity right and and i wish everyone could could be able to live free right um it's heartbreaking to me what's what's going on at our borders because i subscribe to the belief that regardless of whether or not you were born in this country you know you still have rights you know your victimization is not any less that's right as as someone that's undocumented or someone not a united states citizen not any less than someone who is a United States citizen. You are a human being. That's right. Uh, I think we're taking big steps backwards. I really, really do. I really do, and it saddens me. It's it really does. One of the things I would I would say, and you know, the folks that I'm having on the podcast, I want to get to know even mm-hmm. more. And mm-hmm. so I'm super glad that that you're here with us. You're making a powerful difference just by your example, and for young people, for young women. For young African American women to watch you succeed mm-hmm. is a powerful testimony, mm-hmm. and we all have that responsibility to lead in our own way. And I agree with you with the rhetoric and the voices. Yeah. I subscribe to the fact that most people are good. Yeah. I'm going to treat them as such until I see strong evidence of ugly. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, but yes. I'm not going to start out no with a mindset that the person sitting across from me has a vendetta against me, right. doesn't want to help because I'm African-American, right. doesn't want to help because I didn't graduate from mm-hmm. college, wants something bad for me, yes. which is most of the time mm-hmm. untrue. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when you know I counsel people or mentor people that want to go forward, I spend a lot of time on what they can do. Mm-hmm. And the, the next question is, what would you encourage people to do and think when they're not necessarily have that perfect pedigree, mm-hmm. like yourself, and they're mm-hmm. on the way to kind of mm-hmm. moving up the ladder mm-hmm. of success, mm-hmm. what are some of the pieces of advice you would give to somebody, mm-hmm. let's say your 20-year-old self, yes. right yes. years ago? Yes, yes, oh, stay in school. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get booed up. <laughs> oh, but seriously, yes. So I would say, um, and then I have a story. Yeah. Know your worth and then add tax. You know, know your worth and add tax. Never be afraid to take a leap of faith. Because we all want to be great. 
right? We all want to succeed, whether it's your success is measured by, you know, who you supervise or how big your house is or what kind of car, however you measure success, right? We all want that acceptance. We all want Mm -hmm. something that says, man, I've arrived. That's right. Um, I would say your competition is yourself. You cannot compete with people that are not you, right? Uh, When you start to measure your success by everyone around you, you lose sight of the good ingredients within yourself that will catapult you to your own success, right? I'll never forget, I was at North Carolina Central University and uh, Eagle Pride (laughs) and... And first, former First Lady uh, Michelle Obama uh, was, you know, it was 2012 election time, and she, so she was, obviously she was campaigning, and, and she is a magnificent woman. I mean, she has got it all, right? Um, and so there were some folks around, and I was there working. I was with the former chief of police for Durham, Jose Lopez, okay. and I was his executive officer. Gotcha. And so the Secret Service, some of the presidential detail, I knew some of those, those men and women, and they were there, and we were kind of in the green room, and, the, you know, and then she, uh, uh, First Lady uh, Obama, she, she shows up. And I'd st- I stood back, because if you don't have clearance to be, because she was doing photo opportunities, so, but if you don't have clearance, no matter who you know in the Secret Service, you just don't get close. You, know, you, st- you keep your, until you're, know your you've lane. Got, know your lane. <laughs> Know your lane. Know your lane. <laughs> you know. Um, and so I was standing to the side, and she's taking pictures, and I am just, I'm just speechless. Like, you, I could have died right there and just been um, happy to have been in her presence. She looks over at me, and she says, come over here. And I thought, oh, well, I can't. I told her, I said, I can't. I, I can't because your folks going to jump on me. Right, right, right. I said, I can't. And she says, come over here. And 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 so I go, okay, feet, start walking. Left, right, left, right, right. <laughs> the first lady is telling you to come over. So I, I, I walk over to her, and I stand close to her, and she puts her arm around me. And she said, let's take a picture. And I put my hand around her waist, which is snatched. never compare yourself to other people right 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 so and i and if so do it quickly if so do it quickly and that's it so i i put my hand my my arm around her waist and she said we're gonna take this picture and i said okay so we take the picture and she you know she rubs my back and she leans in my ear and she says go be great that's awesome so I would say that no matter where you get to in this world, you can always find a moment to stop someone and to give someone words of inspiration. It doesn't matter what position you hold. Mm-hmm. You know, my daughter is a teacher in Nashville, Tennessee, and she teaches at a, at a charter school there. Beautiful black and brown kids, right? Our beautiful babies. Oh, my gosh. Um, underserved community. And she called me, and she was so frustrated. She was like, Mommy, these, you know, the, the, I, we have kids with some behavioral things, problems going on, and parents don't want to be engaged. And I said, number one, you can't expect every parent to be the way that your father and I, the way we were 
with you, you know, in your business at school. You can't expect that, right? You can't expect every parent to support you as a teacher. I said, but what you have in your control is the ability for eight hours a day to tell these, these kings and queens how great they are. Mm. And she said, you're right. And I told her, never miss an opportunity to tell them how amazing they are because that might be the only time anyone tells them how beautiful, how strong, how capable. They're gonna grow up to be amazing forces of nature. They're children of God, created mm. in his image. I said, you never miss an opportunity to tell them. And everything else, don't worry about it. Talk on some of the community things yes. that you're involved in, believe in. And then also, I do talk to my guests, just remember, like, how can I help? Yeah. Right, like you know yes. that that if you know a month from now or a week from now or whatever, if there's something I can be uh, uh-huh. effective, that I want to do it and, and yes. up to. Absolutely. So I, I will tell you my and you know, you know this is that uh, every year Boys and Girls Club of Wake County, um, you know, and really Boys and Girls Club, period. Um, I I know so many tremendous uh, men and women that were a part of the Boys and Girls Club growing up, yep. that this is a, this, um, really the, the whole foundation of, of what the Boys and Girls Club is built upon has changed so many lives, right? And um, Boys and Girls Club of Wake County every year, we do a back to school um, shopping event. So we do a virtual shopping event. And, uh, and, and we do also the, an in-store, which you were a part of so tremendously. Um, we do an in-store shopping event. And there is nothing more humbling than bringing in, you know, 20 kids, right? And they rejoice about getting a new backpack. Yep. Because I think we sometimes lose sight of the fact that we have so much and there, there are so many that have so little. Yes. Right, um, so that's that. That is something that every year we we do every single year. Um, you know, Habitat for Humanity is huge. I I'm really about giving back. Um, whether it's you know giving back in a way that fulfills your community, or is more broader reaching. Um, in the Morrisville Police Department, we believe in just being present, showing up. You know, making a kid's day, if we can show up at a birthday party, we do that. You know, I know that's not in the traditional. Right, right, you know, right. I hear that all the time. I'm like, stop with that. You know, <laughs> we, we are guardians. And, and yes, we can be warriors when we need to be. Uh, but, but, you know, it's because when you create those relationships down the road, you start to see, you start to grow a fruitful tree. That's right. From that. We are all responsible to inspire others to give back the blessings we've been given. And you are a caretaker of that responsibility that I admire. And that's really like, that's that's really all I'll say. And, and really like um, the reason that I'm doing this small thing is so that we can reach a bigger audience, right? For some of the superstars next door. Yes. That we can really help yes. some others. And it's, um, it's a passion project for me, but it's a passion project that I believe will have a big outcome. Yes. Um, and just in the first couple of folks that we've talked to that have really shared in a really, really powerful and authentic way, mm-hmm. right? It's like we're leaving the, the buzzwords and the, and the BS outside mm-hmm. the door, yeah. and we're just talking yes. so that people can really 
understand and believe that they can have a better way to. Absolutely. I appreciate Thank it. You. I appreciate Thank you. It so Thank much. you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. I appreciate it very mm. much. Thank you for joining us on Hustle Unlimited. Make sure to join us each week for more conversations with leaders in our community. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, make it a great week.